What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Villanos. And I'm the other co-host on this episode, Cody Stoffer. And we had to split up this 5A preview slash breakdown into two parts. We talked about a lot of playoff teams and potential contenders on the last episode, episode 62, uh, last Wednesday. But today on this Friday, we got the two main teams here. One of these two teams are our picks to win state. And the other one is a strong pick to make it back to state. It should not be surprising to anybody unless you are a first-time fan of Colorado football or somebody who's following Colorado football as deeply as we are, at least for the first time, just like us. And so right here, we are going to talk about Cherry Creek High School and Valor Christian High School, two of the top powerhouses in the state of Colorado, not only when it comes to football, but all sports. So there you go. But you know what? Let's kind of get this thing started and recap both of these team season seasons from last year. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk about uh, some of these games and, you know, their path to meeting up in the state championship last year. Uh, Cody, do you want to kind of get this thing started? You could pick either one and I'll, I'll take the other one, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to talk about Valor's season where no. they went undefeated in the regular season kind of what what they typically do um and so they opened up the season easy win against doherty 51-0 then they went to rock canyon 49-0 mountain vista 46-0 so it wasn't until week four that another team scored points and this was the castleview team that simon actually did a handful of breakdowns on and they scored the most points against valor this season at least uh, up until playoffs and they scored 21 points but allowed 63 and then valor faced off against rouse valley you know and a familiar story there for our uh rouse valley alumni uh, who've been on the show and whatnot 45 to 7 losing to valor cherokee trail after that in the playoffs now we're in talking playoffs we finally get to see a Cherokee Trail versus Valor game. Cherokee Trail being a pretty solid team, great defensive line, great secondary. Didn't matter. They still lost 49 to 14. And then they faced Legend in the semifinals and won 45 to 0. And I'll just quickly recap kind of some of the numbers behind, you know, these regular season wins and kind of, well, they had Gavin Sawchuk, they still have Gavin Sawchuk, and we'll talk about that next segment, what he's looking to do this year. But last year, you know, he averaged almost 10 yards per carry, ran for 17 touchdowns during that course. And then they also had another junior, Zach Wiley, who tacked on another 420 yards and nine touchdowns. Then I'm pretty sure Gabe is related to Gavin, seeing I haven't ever seen two Sawchucks in one place. Yes. That, so, yeah, Cape Sachuk also added on another 150 yards on like 33 carries and got two touchdowns. Then they also had who's a three star linebacker this year. Jordan Norwood got some carries and racked up three touchdowns. They ran for 33 touchdowns last year, which, you know, that that's <laughs> that's kind of been the story with Valor. You know, they've always kind of been a running predominant team and whatnot. And, you know, through the air, they had a Sean McNair at quarterback who threw six touchdowns to three interceptions. And they also had, who's their starter now this year, Colton Allen, also saw some action. 
going 12 for 17 for 182 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. So, you know, they, they were able to throw the ball somewhat, and they also had one of the higher-rated tight ends last year in the state. And, yeah, that was basically the gist of the gist on offense. And then on defense, you know, they are returning some multiple three-star guys like Jordan Norwood and like a Luke Meyer this year who, you know, look to put in work. They also had Wyoming commit and I believe three-star cornerback Zaire Jackson. He was a three-star guy, right, Simon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was one of yeah. the highest rated players in the state. Yeah, and he was one of our highest rated cornerbacks on our top five cornerbacks list last year. Very good going one-on-one -on -one against most of the competition in the state as long as it wasn't a Creek player, but I won't spoil that yet because we're not talking the championship. But, you know, they did graduate an Elijah Hamilton who led them in tackles and tackles for loss. But, you know, basically whatever they wanted to do to their opponents last year, they did it. And they're returning a lot of the same talent this year. And yeah, they're, they're looking to definitely leave a mark on this season, but we'll talk about that when we get there. I want to pass it back to Simon here to talk about Cherry Creek's regular season and how they ended up being the 34th ranked team in the nation, actually. They should be higher than that, but they'll have their time to prove that this season, hopefully. But uh, let's go ahead and get after it. So the 2020 season was a very historical season for Cherry Creek or not. I don't know. Maybe this is something that happens every single year and I just don't pay or I didn't pay attention enough before uh, these last two years at least. But basically went nine and oh went to the state championship, won it. We'll talk about that later. But let me go ahead and start off with uh, the regular season here. So they opened up, beat Smoky Hill and LR3 35 to 14, go on and beat Cherokee Trail 49 to 7, uh, beat Grandview 37 to 0, beat Overland 45 to 0, um, put it on a rap hoe. Like uh, Cody said in last episode, make sure you check out that one in case I haven't said that enough times. 49 to 7. Uh, ironically, Arapahoe is one of our contenders for this year. Uh, and then after that, they beat Eagle Crest 50-0, to beat Regis in the playoffs, uh, Regis Jesuit in the playoffs 29-6, uh, beat Pomona 35-7, and then finally shut down Valor Christian 21-0 in the playoffs. Like Cody, I'm going to go ahead and go over the stats here real quick. So I'm just going to be real, almost every single like stat leader has went on and is playing college football this season so i just want to go ahead and wish good luck to all those players um because they put up an excellent senior year this is as perfect as it could have gotten but the quarterback julian hammond he went and threw for 1575 yards on a 70 percent completion rating which is pretty good not even gonna lie uh through 20 touchdowns only five picks he is currently at cu uh not playing football actually he is playing basketball he, he was also the top basketball player in the state as well uh marte russell who we're gonna talk about here later as well he got in some snaps uh nothing too crazy but he he got in some snaps he's a sophomore uh he's one of the guys that might take some snaps at quarterback as the starter this year we'll talk about that later um as far as Russell 
Crashing Go, James Walker the second, James Walker Jr., whatever you want to call it. A uh, shout out to him. We actually, I actually interviewed him. So um, I want to say he was actually the first interview that we posted, right? I don't know. I think he, I think he was up there. He's he close been- with like Noah Wagner and stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. I could say this for a fact, though. He was the first guy that we ever got to interview, like date wise. Like he literally was like, "Yeah, I'll come on to the show." Like, I I want to say a day or two after he won state. So shout out to my guy James Walker. He's over at CSU Pueblo right now. He ran for a thousand uh, and 121 rushing yards. Also had 11 touchdowns uh, in there as well. You have uh, Miles Purchase. He usually just played on defense, but he had a couple of touches here. Ran for 256 yards and four touchdowns as well. Um, so yeah, so there you go. And then as far as receiving goes, you know, Cherry Creek, they do have a pretty balanced offense between running the ball and throwing the ball. But as at receiver, their lead guy was Chase Penry. I interviewed him. He was one of our first guys that we got to interview as well. Not the first one, though. Um, A couple other players went by on that point. But shout out to him. He's over at CU. Actually going to – well, I don't know if he's going to play tonight versus UNC, Northern Colorado, that is. But it'd be pretty cool if he did. Well, if he was starting, it'd be pretty cool. If he was, you know, kind of lower on the depth chart and CU is uh, putting a whooping on UNC and he gets in there, <laughs> that that wouldn't be great. But uh, still rooting for our guy, Chase Penry. He's a great dude. Um, last year, 53 receptions on seven, 760 receiving yards and nine receiving touchdowns. And then Gunnar Helm, he was rated, I think he was our third best tight end in the state last year. They didn't like that, but he was still one of the good ones. He had 33 receptions, 411 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns as the second receiver. And then another guy that we'll talk about here soon is Kai Ode. He got in there as a junior with, uh, you know, with with some stats here. He caught two touch two touchdowns, caught 452 receiving yards, so not bad at all. And then moving on to the defensive side, uh, I mean, we have to talk. I'm I'm just going to mention the guys that we've interviewed and talked about as well, because there are a lot of great players on this team that they are graduating, not even go live, starting with Malik. Oh, my gosh. Malik Magicoot. Cody. Help me out. You're nope. you're like the expert. No, help this. me out. Help me out. You, last time I did this, I got flamed in our TikTok comments. So it's it's Malik. <laughs> All right. It's so Malik, Malik number at fifty. CSU Pueblo. Yep. Malik number fifty at CSU Pueblo. Very underrated, like just defensive player in general. But you know, he had forty-four total tackles, seventeen tackles for losses, which led the team. By the way, so that's kind of wild. Arguably, uh, he's the most over- underrated defensive player in the entire state. Yeah, he he should have won D1. He probably will go D1, but we'll keep that there. Uh, then you got Gus Zalinkis. He was on that offensive line as well, uh, playing defense. And so he had 44 total tackles, four tackles for losses. He's over at Rutgers right now. And then you have the number one guy in the state. I Or wait, no, wait, sorry. It was Terrence Ferguson who's the number one guy. He was up there as far as prospects went in the state. I think he might have been the number one defensive guy or at least high up there uh, with Braden Wood. But it's Arden Walker. He's over at uh, Missouri right now. SEC football, baby. He had 38 total tackles last year and 10 tackles for losses. And then, I mean, you can't talk about the defense without talking about that 
elite secondary with miles purchase you know i want to say he had six interceptions yep that's right six interceptions he is going to iowa state so shout out to our guy over there and then al ashford he was the other corner out there as well he only grabbed one interception last year which is a little surprising i feel like he had a lot more so maybe max preps is lying here but uh, Al Ashford, though, he's over at Wisconsin right now, so shout out to him. Uh, they're starting the other starting safety, Enoch Wolfolk, who I was able to do a breakdown on. Uh, he had got he snagged another pick as well. He committed to Colorado Mesa actually, and so they're getting they're getting kind of a a steal. And you know, Stir you know, oh. and Colin Stir, yeah, from Dakota Ridge. So that's a that's a pretty tough defense out there. I, I like that. I like that. But. Either way, you heard the colleges. You heard about some of these players before. You know, this is a Cherry Creek team that had a lot of talent, had a lot of D1 talent at pretty much every single position. And they graduated a lot of that talent as well. But that does not mean that they are completely out of it um, at all, actually. And so, you know, we'll talk about that. But, Cody, do you want to talk about that uh, state championship game like real quick? It was a 21-0 game, so there's really not much to talk about. Yeah, but I was going to say, before I jump into that, I actually pulled up the episodes so that people can listen to the full film breakdowns of some of these players, as well as what they had to say about this last season. You know, so if you listen to episode 14, that is our class of 21 running backs episode where we do James Walker's breakdown. He was our number two back in the state. If you listen to episode 15, that is our defensive lineman episode, which includes Malik as well as Arden Walker, who were our co-number one line defensive lineman in the state. So that's episode 15 for that one. And then if you jump to episode 19, that is Chase Penry's film breakdown and the top receivers episode. And if you jump to episode 21, that is Al Ashford and Miles Purchase, who, I mean, gosh, and that also features Coach Booten, who gives some college insight as to what kind of uh, boxes these guys checked as college prospects and what they did right. So you have that going for you. Then we didn't have Enoch on the 21 safety. So you're going to have to find that request uh, kind of yourself. But then our tight ends is episode 22, which talks about Gunnar Helm. So if you can't tell by how many players they had in top five positions, that this team was just overwhelmingly stacked at every single spot. And the first interview that we actually released was the Arden Walker interview, which is episode 27. He was a great guest on the show and honestly is an interview that you should listen to. Then episode 28 is where James Walker and Chase Penry's interviews both are. And I believe that is all of the Creek interviews and related episodes that we have other than the Enoch request episode. But just had to plug all those. So that was 13, 14, 22, 21, 27, and 28. I know that's a lot of numbers for you, but I swear they're worth listens because just a lot of stand-up dudes, honestly, um, on this level of football and from this Cherry Creek team. So thank y'all so much for your time. But anyways, like Simon said, not really a whole lot to talk about in this game. 21 Zill Creek wins, and really that defense just proved that, if anything, even if, you know, Creek has an argument to be the most dominant football program, or like last season has an argument to be the most dominant 
season of any Colorado team in Colorado history. If that statement isn't true, then you can't argue with the best defense in Colorado history, especially that defensive line and that secondary. I mean, what were you supposed to do last year? Not to mention some of their underclassmen like uh, Caleb per uh, Peria and Blake Purchase who are both linebackers there. So it, no matter which way you were going to go, you were going to get slammed. And it was too much for basically Gavin Sawchuck to overcome by himself. I mean, yeah, but it's not like Valor's defense played great either, to be honest with you, because um, they allowed 21 points and had they didn't force any turnovers. Um, at least I don't think they forced any turnovers. I mean, just looking at the box score right here, Julian Hammond, he really didn't have to do too much here. Uh, he was he was kind of chilling, to be honest with you. I only went 19 for 24 to 200 for 202 yards, had like a 80% completion rating basically, and one throwing touchdown. Uh, but it was really on the backs of uh, the running backs, James Walker and Miles Purchase, actually. James Walker, even though he led with carries with 111 rushing yards, Miles Purchase went crazy on that Valor defense, running for 153 yards on 14 carries and also snagging two touchdowns. So combined, Valor allowed 264 rushing yards and two rushing – or sorry, my bad, my bad. There, There is a 13-yard rush here. So really they combined um, – well, combined – uh, they they weren't able to stop uh, Creek's rushing offense that had 277 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so that was you know that's it's pretty tough. You know you can't can't do much about that. And they do have a lot of those guys, you know, linebackers, defensive linemen who are returning that year. And so it'll be interesting to see where their development is this year. Um, to be honest with you, so. There you go. Also, not that, not that, you know, not that I'm not trying to not talk about the receivers here, but uh, I mean, they, they contributed, you know, Chase Penry had 112 uh, receiving yards and a touchdown on them. Gunnar Helm had more receiving yards than uh, all of Valor's receivers combined with a 44 receiving yards. <laughs> I'm, bro, I'm sorry. I'm being a little disrespectful here. Cody, you could, you could take it away here. What, what well, do you think about their uh, offense here against a uh, Valor's defense though? I mean, the offense did what they wanted to do, you know. I mean, it's hard to argue against 479 total offensive yards, three touchdowns, and I don't think a single turnover. So Valor's defense, which, you know, is arguably their strongest point this year, they didn't really show up in this game. You know what I mean? And uh, I that's, that's going to have to change if you want to compete for a state championship. Uh, well, yeah, if you want to compete for a state championship, because I wouldn't call this game a competition, really. Um, it's it, it was lackluster. Colton Miller has to do better than Sean McNair did in this in this game. I mean, Sean McNair was abysmal. There's no other. There's not really a nice way to put four, 14, 30 yards and 28 percent completion percentage with two interceptions. You know, like that just it's unacceptable in a championship game. And, you know, there were other schools with arguably worse talent that put up more points against this Cherry Creek team. So you have to show up and you have to show out. And I don't know. It would, and that's the biggest question mark heading into our preview of, you know, our, our two heavyweights from last year and our two heavyweights this year, too, is, is the question of quarterbacks.
Yeah. I was um, about to say. Yeah. Like coming up it, next. Or sorry, did you have more yeah, to add? On? No, that I was going to ask if you had more to add. So. No, no. Coming up next, who's going to take it all? What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Simon Voyanos, uh, joined with my other co-host, Cody Stoffer, And we are going to go ahead and hop into this season for Valor and Cherry Creek. Obviously, the season has already started only one weekend, though. And so both of these teams will be playing their second games uh, tonight. And so I'm going to go ahead and get it started and talk about Valor's schedule. We'll talk about last week and then um, not only today, but these following weeks as well. And so last week, Valor opened up against Regis Jesuit, winning pretty convincingly 24 to 6. So Valor Christian versus Regis Jesuit. Uh, I actually kind of recapped this game in that week one recap that I dropped on a Monday that is episode 61 so if you want to check that out uh go ahead but i'm just gonna do the same thing that i did on that day and go ahead and recap this game real quick here so valor easily won 24 to 6 colton allen um he completed exactly half of his passing attempts for 145 yards and two touchdowns pretty easy there gavin sawchuk he had 32 carries on 154 rushing yards and a touchdown neither team scored in the second half the valor defense actually shut out this regis jesuit team in the second half um regis only getting one touchdown off of a i want to say it was more of like a scrambling like it wasn't a scrambling touchdown but it was a it was a backyard football type of touchdown let's just uh, call it what it is there so there you go but valor dominates them and uh, wins their home opener against regis so there you go um that that was kind of a game that i feel like if i was to look at before the season and cody you might agree might have been a tougher game potentially um i don't know i would rate that as a a harder game on okay on anybody's schedule uh but especially this valor schedule in my opinion i think that and i'm not going to steal too much thunder but i think they only have one or two games that could be as competitive as that one potentially yeah so there you go but anyways so valor uh, Valor actually goes ahead and plays Oaks Christian. I believe that's a school from California uh, today, September 3rd at 4 p.m. So you can check that out if you really want to. I'm sure there's some live streams out there. And then they play Eastside Catholic. They come to Colorado, actually, from Washington. That's another out-of-state game there as well. Then they finally begin and uh, continue to play Colorado teams as they play Mullen. Uh, uh, over at Mullen, and then they play Columbine at home, uh, following that with Mountain Vista on October 1st at home. Then they play Castleview and Castle Rock on Friday, October 8th. Go ahead and play Highlands Ranch on Thursday, October 14th. Then they play Rock Canyon at home, and then Thunder Ridge at home to end their season. Not a lot of away games, I feel. I don't know. Well, maybe there's an equal amount, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of away games, to be completely honest with you. So there you go. But that is Valor's season here. Uh, they should definitely go undefeated, right, Cody? Yes, absolutely. I think 
if you're going to be quote unquote allowed to lose any of these games, it's probably this Columbine game. Just because they both run very similar kind of cultures and programs and play styles right now with, you know, running between the tackles, playing tough defense. That's that's the status quo for both these teams. So that's a team that I that's a game where I think Columbine might be able to sneak in a win just because I don't see Colin really taking over the game. However, I think that Gavin Sawchuk should, you know, probably outrun Seth in this game and and take away a win. Uh, I mean, do you want to predict these out-of-state games? I don't know if they're going to win these out-of-state games. As of right now, Oaks Christian is 0-2, but they are a California team playing in kind of a tough, like, division and league in general. So, I don't know. That could be a toss-up. Uh, Oaks Christian could definitely pass it way better than Valor does right now. You know, it kind of even, not that Regis Jesuit is any, like, slouch or anything. Like, they're pretty solid defensively, I would say. But... If if Colton Allen could only complete 50% of his passes for 150 yards and two touchdowns against Regis, then I don't know how they're going to do against Oaks Christian, who might be more favorable in a shootout type of deal. So we're just going to have to see about that. But to me, that might be a potential loss as well. Eastside Catholic, I'm not completely sure about them. I kind of feel like they should beat him, but... You never know with these out-of-state teams, to be honest with you. I'm not as, like, I don't know, at least this Valor team, this 2021-22 Valor team, I'm not, like, confident in their ability to be out-of-state teams as I might have been before with, like, the McCaffreys. Is that fair to say, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a fair point to bring up when you go from uh, Colton or when you go from McCaffrey's to a Colton or a Sean McNair, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a drop off. And I wonder if that the lack of confidence in the quarterback or maybe the name has something to do with an adopted play style of run, 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 score, run, run, punt, run, 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 score, run, 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 score, punt. Thank you, Cody, for all of that. Yeah, we'll yes. have to see. I'm not going to lie. I, there's doubts about their coaching staff. I definitely have doubts about their coaching staff, and I'll be open about that. I They're not the they're not Ed McCaffrey. We'll say that, you know. They're not the guy who was before Ed McCaffrey. How come I can't think of his name right now? Oh, my God. Uh, I should be able to think of his name, too, because he coached at Arapaho right after I left. But. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. But it's just... At this point, I don't know if they could like put together a like a threatening passing game at this point. I think they could put together a passing game, you know, with dump offs here and there, have a bunch of screens to uh, saw Chuck, right? You know, easy reads, nothing crazy, like one, like really just like uh, one route type of deals, you know or one read type of plays i i don't know i just at this point i'm not super confident in valor's like just ability to outpass any team um yeah on 5a to be honest with you there are a lot of there are some teams i feel like i'm more confident in than a valor's passing game right now i think valor's I, I think their identity is much more like all right we're a defensive team that's gonna run the ball and that's who we are 
passing, let's just not hope we go there. Uh, we're going to play good defense and we're going to play it a little bit conservative as well. And then hopefully our defense could score. And this is, you know, this is probably a defense that could score as well. So there you go. Uh, that's kind of what Valor is made up of. And Cody, do you mind if I talk about some of these defensive players here? You kind of mentioned some of them. Yeah, I, I mentioned them very briefly in the last segment, but I think that now is a great time to talk about the roster. You mind if I talk about some people that they are losing just real quick and then I'll let pass it back to you on who they're all returning? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so... They are losing. They are losing some serious talent. I also I mentioned uh, Zaire Jackson, who is a three-star cornerback. They lose their top two receivers from last year, and they're losing a decent amount of all-state linemen. You know, they're losing all-state honorable mention O-line D-lineman Watson McBride. They're losing first-team all-state O-line D-line Nick Lyon. They're losing second-team all-state Jackson Anderson, who is the O-line D-line. They are losing their leading tackler. Elijah Hamilton from last year, who is a second team All-State middle linebacker. And they're also losing uh, one of the receivers was an All-State honorable mention in Tyler Larson. So losing, you know, a lot of, you know, the beef up front, really. And, you know, that's always a tough thing to lose, especially when it wasn't able to stop a Creek running game last year. So you're going to really be calling upon some of these new guys to really step up and elevate their game. And Simon, who are some of these guys that are going to be asked to answer the call and, you know, try and pull their weight and maybe even pull a little bit more weight as we move into the rest of the season? Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and start on the defensive side here. You did mention a couple of their lead tacklers. They are losing um, Elijah Hamilton being one of them. Then obviously you have their uh, best corner, in my opinion, at least Zaire Jackson being the other one. But let me go ahead and talk about some of these uh, players that they have. So Luke Meyer, uh, he's a 6'6", 210-pound three-star defensive and he has committed to air force i think he's somebody who could you know i think he's a little bit more of a finesse type of defensive end you know he's not somebody that's gonna stand up a tackle or guard necessarily uh, he's a little light in that area and so there you go but he's definitely somebody that if it comes down to it he could be a really good speed rusher uh put some pressure on opposing quarterbacks you know hopefully get into the backfield here and there and so he's gonna make some noise for sure though uh he's a senior by the way i didn't mention that and then you have another linebacker here jordan norwood you mentioned him cody uh six one two ten he committed to play at liberty actually so there you go he's gonna be one of the leaders on this defense he just plays relentlessly with a lot of passion a lot of energy you know there's a reason he's committed to a d1 he's somebody that could potentially lead the entire state in tackles this year uh he is that good in my opinion he's someone who just cleans it up and he is one of the one of the glues that are holding together this valor defense at least for now at least this year and so he's a huge part of this valor defense if they were to lose him that'd be a pretty big blow i'm just gonna say that um then you have another outside linebacker Caden hawkins um kind of a lighter outside linebacker at 6'4 185 pounds not even 200 yet but 
he is committed to Wyoming as of right now. You know, he's more of a cover linebacker than anything, like low-key uh, safety linebacker hybrid, but he'll be able to put in some work. He's uh, pretty versatile there, and so he could confuse some passing games here and there. This year, he should be stronger. Um, at least, I mean, obviously, he went up in weight from, like, 180 to 185, which may not seem like a lot, but it definitely could be, you know, significant. And so he'll be part of this strong returning defense, and he'll be somebody that, you know, could rack up some tackles as well. And then you have safety Andrew Hale. Uh, I don't believe he is committed quite yet, but at 6'1", 191, uh, he is one of the best safeties in the entire state. You know, he has great instincts, um, playmaker ability. He erases a lot of mistakes uh, that are made. Um, and so, uh, sorry, a lot of mistakes that are made as in like the defense making those mistakes against opposing passing games. And so he can be one of those guys. He also has shown that he could be a solid one-on-one pass defender as well. And so you have a little bit of versatility with that and so all together there's a valor defense you got some guys here who are going to hold it down here uh andrew hale is probably going to be a d1 guy to be completely honest with you i'd be surprised if he isn't one but either way you have four guys who are definitely d1 guys in my eyes these are players that are gonna you know put the pressure and be stifling against a lot of opposing offenses just like they did to reach just to open up the season and so um there you go i think maybe my biggest concern about this defense is that there's not like a pass rusher that like sticks out like significantly like 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 some of the arapaho players i would say like you have a lot of guys who are more like oh they rack up a lot of tackles or or they could cover you know which isn't bad you know they could do that but when you go up against a columbine that just runs the ball and they're gonna be like bruising and trying to be physical and hit you and whatnot that's going to be a problem right you know when you go up against uh even fairview they have two backs who are both 210 pounds that could be a problem in the red zone you know and so you, you there's some there's definitely some concern here i think as the season goes on uh that concern will probably go away but it's definitely there and then let me just talk about the offense real quick uh cody you talked about their quarterback he's there uh but they're I think this is one of the most important returns on this offense, and it's their offensive tackle, Jake. Oh, I'm going to try really hard to say this right. So if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize because this dude's a stud. But Jake uh, Mykula, I want to say, 6'5", 265-pound uh, tackle. He's a three-star committed to Stanford, actually. You know, Cody, you mentioned them missing some linemen, some all-state linemen from last year. Well, you got one of the best ones coming back this year, and so that's huge, you know. You could go up against a lot of pass rushers and, you know, be a lead blocker as well uh, as far as pulling uh, goes and whatnot. And so... You know, he's someone that I feel like could play both left tackle and right tackle. You are losing a lot of your line, but at least you have one really good one to kind of build around. And I think you could live with that if you are Valor Christian. And then the last guy here, Cody, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about him because he is committed to your Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's the number one recruit in Colorado right now. Four-star running back, Gavin Sawchuck. He was electrifying last year i read off some of his stats from last season and you know it from the looks of this regis game it looks like it's going to be kind of some more of the same this year you know as far as 
he is the identity of Valor Christian right now. You know, they handed him the rock 32 times in their season debut. And if that doesn't tell you what their game plan is for the rest of the year, I don't, then you need to look again or, or watch more football, I guess, because they're going to live and die by the run game. And they're going to live and die by Gavin Sawchuk here. 32 carries, 154 yards in the season opener against, I'd say, a solid enough Regis Jesuit defense. You know what I mean? They're they're no slouch on the defensive side of the ball. They have some decent recruits and decent size on the defense. But Gavin still was able to almost run for five yards per carry. And I think that's only going to increase in yards per carry the more teams that they face this year. And he's pretty versatile. He can also catch out of the backfield. Like Simon said, you know, they designed some screen plays for him just to get the ball in his hands and just for him to make plays. So, you know, that's going to be the key to this entire Valor season is how often is Gavin going to get the ball and how successful is he going to be? But like Simon said, and like we've been a common theme throughout this episode and through our previews in general is balance is the key to winning to winning football and so eventually you know teams catch on they'll put nine defenders in the box against gavin sawchuk and you know dare you to beat them with the pass and is colton going to be able to answer that call in the playoffs that's basically what makes this valor team so vulnerable is teams aren't afraid of them to to pass the ball they want valor to pass the ball is is the thing and so Valor needs to be able to strike fear and, you know, keep that box not fully loaded for for Gavin Sawchuk to really be the playmaker that he is. This is kind of where I'm at with, you know, this Valor offense and with Gavin Sawchuk and their chances of winning a state title this year. They got to spread it out a little bit. Be more yeah. Balanced. Or or a lot. I, I, I don't know. I You, you got to be able to pass the ball at least a little bit here. And it's not like they have the craziest schedule. There's going to be a couple games here where they can figure it out. But, you know, you looked at last year. You look at this year. I think this is the second year for – well, it is the second year for their new head coach because their old one is at Northern Colorado right now, Ed McCaffrey. So it will be interesting to see where they go. You know, and uh, how they scheme things going into this year. You could argue with the Regis Jesuit game, you know, they went up really fast, you know, like they scored like 21 points <laughs> to open it up. Um, tw- they were up 21 to 6 to open it up. And so uh, you could probably be like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Like Gavin Sacha got the ball 32 times, you know, that game because you're just running the clock. Like, let's not. Like, at that point, it's like, let's not play around with Regis, you know? We know that they have some talent over there, and we don't want to let them hang around. So let's just drain this clock here and play good defense. And that's what they did, you know? But there are going to be closer games. I think these out-of-state games, more than the in-state games, to be honest with you, are going to be extremely telling of where Valor Christian truly is um, offensively. Defensively, I'm not, like, worried about it. I think they have some studs over there, and I think they'll probably be fine. But you don't want to put a def- your defense in a situation where it's like, okay, well, you got to g- get stops. You got to get three and outs on every drive because we could only run the ball. So, <laughs> This is a team, in my like, opinion. Come on. Go this ahead. is a team, in my opinion, that is built to play with a lead. So yes. as long as they're in the lead in any game, I'm not really worried about it. 
because that's exactly where they want you to be. They, they want you to open it up, try and start going for big plays, start taking risks on offense, which plays right into their hands and into their talented defense. And then they get the ball back and then they just drain it, you know? So this is a team that could, you know, only average like 35 points a game, but just win possession time by brutal amounts. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they ran 76 plays to Regis's 59. Like, exactly. oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have to see, but that's definitely the most glaring weakness. And I think it's not like, I mean, it's not like a crazy analysis or scouting report or anything. Like, I'm pretty sure every single team in the entire state could see that, like, oh, if we get up by 14 against Valor, you know, and then we just stuff the run, then we win, right? I think pretty much every team sees that. And so that that's kind of where they're vulnerable. You know, even though this is an experienced team, they were young last year. There's some things to worry about here. But, you know, enough about that. We'll, we'll talk more about their future a little bit later here. Cody, you want to switch over and talk about Cherry Creek and what they have this season? Yeah, sure thing. So going over the schedule, first things first, they did open up against Doherty, 42 to nothing. I was watching this game passively, and there's nothing to report back. Uh, Cherry Creek did what Cherry Creek does. Doherty almost never crossed the 50-yard line. I'm not even sure if they did it one single time. And their defense forced a ton of turnovers and got their offense had a ton of easy, short drives to start with. You know, there is... And Doherty, I mean, gosh, they, they messed up a punt snap and gave Cherry Creek a free touchdown, so... You know, that's kind of how that game went. And, you know, Cherry Creek, they're going to be dominant again this year. And they they showed it in week one. And for the rest of their schedule, they actually have a pretty decent game coming up this Friday night. Or I guess that would be today, tonight at 7 p.m. Where they're going to face Pomona, who, you know, they're in a pretty tough situation after losing that losing that opening week against Grandview. They, they're kind of in a winner be be a joke mode you know so cherry creek goes into a hungry pomona team that should be an exciting game that tells you kind of where they're at and then they actually travel to arizona to face off against chandler shout out to coach stan who used to uh coach over there over at uh chandler and is now working at epo but anyways uh they face off against this chandler team and i think that that is you know that's the love Cherry Creek is worried about how do they stack up against national competition? How does Colorado's best face off against solid Arizona? You know, that's where Cherry Creek's at and where they're at with Dave Logan's legacy and where Colorado football is. They're trying to put Colorado football on the map with this game. That's their priorities. So, you know, when your priorities are like that and state almost seems like, like a given, and there's a reason why their their attitude is like that. So that that's just kind of take that how you will that Cherry Creek is kind of on to the next fish to fry and worried about, you know, more interstate competition, which I think is kind of which is where I agree where they're at now. But we'll get to that yeah. a little bit later. But also, if you are like, you know, any athlete or coach in the state of Colorado, you're definitely cheering for Cherry Creek against Chandler here. Uh, Cherry Creek represents, you know, the best of the football. Or, okay, some of the best of the football that's here in Colorado. And so, 
Cherry Creek winning this game doesn't just benefit them. That benefits Colorado. And I think that's something that everyone needs to know right away. You know, uh, if Cherry Creek beats Chandler, which is a powerhouse in the entire country, I believe they're uh, they're a top 20 team. Last I checked nationally, they might they might be a top 15 15 team right now but if cherry creek beats chandler you know then cherry creek gets on the map you know they get ranked in the top 25 in the nation which is huge and then it just goes from there and so this is the first step to getting colorado football out there and for the box state to be a football state so just wanted to throw that out there but i i think you know it's just important to know that every team should everyone really should be cheering for uh, cherry creek here if you're from colorado or involved with Colorado football in some way. Right, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. And Chandler is ranked number 15 in the entire country. So, yeah, that's that's a huge game. And, th- yeah, we want Creek to win because we want the entire country to see that, yeah, Colorado's got some – we got some ballers out here. So, but following that trip to Arizona, they come back and they get a, a layup against Arvada West. Then they also face Regis Jesuit, who's going to be a tough game. And then they get into league play. You know, if the Centennial League is the SEC of Colorado, Creek is the Alabama of Colorado is kind of how that goes, where, you know, they're a consistent favorite to win it and they just have a number of studs. However, you know, some of these teams will play Creek pretty tough. You know, I'm not sure about Cherokee Trail, but they're not someone to write like as most of their league schedule is tougher than their regular season schedule, in my opinion. You know, especially when you have someone like Arvada West dragging it down. Other than like Chandler and Regis, I say that everyone else in the Centennial League challenges Creek pretty well, um, or as much as they can. So Cherokee Trail, you know, they got a big offensive line. It'll be a big test for. You know, what does this Creek D-line kind of look like in this next year against Colorado competition, against this stud of a Cherokee Trail offensive line? Then they have a massive game against Grandview, who I think gives them the toughest run for their money for the Centennial League title. And Simon, I'm pretty sure you agree with that, that Grandview is probably the second best team in the Centennial League. So that's a huge game. They do get to play it in the Stutler Bowl. So that is a home game, which is very massive for this uh, Creek team. Then they go to Arapaho High School, my alma mater, where, you know, what I already talked about in the last preview, that's kind of, you know, that that's an Arapaho legacy thing more than it is a Creek legacy thing. And then they face off against Eagle Crest at home. And then they finish the season at Smoky Hill. Simon, this is a schedule where they probably lose a game here, in my opinion. I, well, yes, <laughs> I would be surprised if they didn't lose a game here. Uh, in my opinion, Chandler, and well, it's not just my opinion, it's also the country's opinion, but Chandler is better than any of the out-of-state games that Valor has um, lined up because uh, none of those teams are ranked. So, or at least I don't think so right now. So, um, or sorry, Okay, none of those teams are ranked inside the top 25. I'm sure they're ranked somewhere, but not in the top 25, getting national, you know, attention from Max Preps and all that. So, yeah, so they that one could be a tough one, but if they win that one, that I, I'm still not, like, sold on some of these other 
uh, games here. Because, you know, Cody, you mentioned about, you know, the Centennial League being being the SEC of Colorado football. Well, if Cherry Creek is the Alabama, you got to have some other teams out here that could put up a fight. And so in my eyes, Grandview right here is like the Georgia or LSU of um, of the Centennial League. And then Arapahoe is like the Florida <laughs> if anything of the centennial league uh for for reasons that you could probably agree on cody and so no with that i being see said, it i see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah a rap pro fans are very florida gator-esque i would say there there's a lot of similarities there i think i think y'all would be best friends to be honest with you but grandview you know you got it's it's a little bit you, you got you got a lot more there for sure you know and i think that team's definitely more talented i think they're gonna give cherry creek a good run for their money you know if you look and we will look at this cherry creek roster here in a second but if you do look at it um they they are returning only three starters on offense and defense so out of the 22 offensive and defensive starters they are returning three one of them being a lineman which isn't a bad thing it's not a bad thing at all you know but uh that's that's not that's tough you know and so when you have a Grandview team, this is what we were talking about on that Wednesday episode, but when you have a Grandview team that has two-year starters, they have three-year starters, they have dudes who remember getting whooped by Julian Hammond, by James Walker, by J- uh, Chase Penry, by Gunnar Helm, and all of them, Miles Purchase, you know, they remember. And, you know, this Cherry Creek team might not have all of those guys, but they have a lot of siblings who will know their names as well, you know. And so let's go ahead and talk about their roster. Cody, do you want to get that started off here? Yeah, absolutely. And just like the Valor segment, I'll go ahead and just kind of quickly rehash some guys who they graduated. Um, get used to hearing the word first team All-State because that's just how this team was last year. First team All-State and Wisconsin commit. Al Ashford, the cornerback graduated first team all-state quarterback julian hammond who's playing basketball at cu first team all-state tight end gunner helm who plays for the longhorns horns down baby hey uh, he's gonna start team- though he's gonna get some snaps by the way just so you know as a oh freshman. he's starting at ut there there are there's a lot of reports that uh sarkeesian over there really likes gunner helm and so he's gonna get some significant snaps is what i'm hearing so oh, yeah nice congratulations like i say horns down uh, you know, uh, on the college football level, but on a on a personal level, congrats to Gunnar Helm and uh, go ball out, go go put Colorado on the map. But anyways, we also got who graduated first team All State wide receiver Chase Penry, first team All State offensive lineman Domingo Prince. Where where did he go, Simon? Do you know where Domingo went? Oh wait, he went to CSU Pueblo. With, he went to uh, CSU James Pueblo with James Walker. Okay, yeah, that's a okay. steal. Yeah, no kidding, because that's also a D1 talent. Uh, First team All-State cornerback Miles Purchase, who was also one of the top players just in Colorado sports last year. Then you have first team All-State edge rusher Arden Walker, who's at Mizzou. Did I mention Miles Purchase at Iowa State? Well, now I did. Anyways, uh, then also first team All-State defensive lineman Gus Zelinskis, who was also a fullback on this team, and he's at Rutgers, I believe. And this, oh my goodness, should have been first team All-State. However, second team All-State defensive lineman Malik, who's at CSU Pueblo. Then second team All-State running back James Walker. So, yeah, that's a lot of people graduating. However, 
they do have, like Simon said, they have some younger siblings who who are going to be on this team. You know, Hank Zelenskis is actually on the defensive line, and he's 6'3", 240 pounds. So he's around the same size, if not even a little bit bigger than Gus, I think. I'm not sure how the maneuverability looks, but, you know, they have his younger sibling there. Blake Purchase, who I believe is Miles Purchase's younger brother, is a linebacker there who is... I forget, is he committed, Simon? Or is um, he just offered to CSU right now? Is that just <laughs> Blake Purchase has a lot of offers. By the way, he's a little brother, but he's 6'4", 220 pounds. Oh, he's a lot like bigger than Miles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he has offers from CU, Iowa State, Oregon State, and USC as of uh, right now, after this summer. Yeah, so... No commitment you, yet. You, you have a, a big playmaking linebacker there. You have Caleb Peria. I believe is how you say his name, who transferred from Mullen. And don't worry, Caleb, we're going to get to your film breakdown. We know that you've been rocking with us for the past year a lot, and you've been very patient. So just stay tuned. We haven't forgot about you. Just wanted to put that out there. And then uh, as well, they're, they're returning some running backs who did get some touches last year, like Carson Tan, who had 14 rushes for 209 yards and two touchdowns. They also have Keegan Halls, who is a you know running back slash receiver just an overall athlete who's going to be getting some more touches this year and you know they're bringing back kai oday jr who is a csu commit 5 foot 11 170 pound three-star wide receiver who and i'll talk about how important kai is going to be during this you know potential state matchup against whoever they play against but anyways and as simon mentioned four-star offensive lineman ohio state commit George Fitzpatrick. Not to mention some other size that they have on the line in Andre Burton, who's 6'5, 275, and Hayden Treter, or Treter, who is 6'6, 290 pounds. So they, while they did lose a lot of talent, they had a lot of talent in the wings. And one thing that Creek does arguably better than any program in the entire state of Colorado is reload very well. They have a great development program through their middle school as well as their freshmen and JV coaches do a great job getting these guys ready for varsity football. Everyone understands and takes things seriously in that Creek building when it comes to football, which is, you know, something that other schools should probably think about because they see how successful Creek is at doing it year in and year out. They've been around the block plenty of times and they're going to continue to be around thanks to not only this talent, but also incoming talent and just their development program. Simon, I'm going to pass it back to you to talk about the quarterback situation, which is a slightly puzzling one. You talked about Marte getting some snaps in last year. However, I believe Julian Hammond's younger brother got the start against Doherty this past week. Correct, Simon? Yeah, that's correct. And before we move into uh, talking about this little quarterback battle, a uh, shout out to Creek. They actually have the first female head coach, uh, Coach Beth. She is their freshman head coach. And so she is also the first uh, female, um, I think, high school football coach in Colorado, I want to say. Not to mention, you know, a head coach as well. So shout out to Creek and Dave Logan and all that. I know um, 
I I don't know the news outlets out here like I should like I probably should but I know the Denver news uh they did a little a uh, feature on her uh during the halftime of one of the Broncos preseason games a couple weeks ago and then a couple of other newspapers have uh, followed up as well and so you know huge shout out to Creek on that that is that is fantastic and, and you know that's why congratulations to coach as well yes of course and that's why you know Dave Logan and um you know that's why he's the go also jarvis moss by the way he is also their defensive line coach their new defensive line coach as well cody i don't know if you knew that um but also uh, for those of you who don't know who jarvis moss is he was a first round defensive lineman um a first round pick sorry for the denver broncos and he played defensive line for them and, and his the son Raiders? noah is a baller in the wings at the middle school level yes very much he's probably going to be one of their next backs coming up uh, one of the better ones so we haven't forgotten about you either noah moss so so there you go so this coaching staff is definitely stacked they know how to throw the ball you know and uh with that being said they got two guys here who could definitely throw the ball in my opinion both of these guys could start over at valor (laughs) so that's that's just where i'm at with that to be honest with you so let me um let me talk about Marte russell first uh, i was gonna say i'm gonna talk about him first because he follows me on twitter but uh christian hammond also follows me on twitter as well so shout out to both of them um give shout me- out to coach v for being an influencer on, <laughs> uh, on social media give give cody a follow as well i'm sure he'd love to follow y'all's careers um as well (laughs) but Marte russell Marte had a pretty busy summer i'm not even gonna lie uh went to wyoming for uh, for a camp i think went to csu for a camp as well uh from what i heard i think he made a pretty good you know he made a pretty good uh impression on the wyoming coaches up there so that's good and coming out of uh, this offseason it kind of seemed like he was going to be the next dude after julian hammond you know he is the only quarterback on this roster that took any snaps last year at quarterback um so there you go so i thought that was going to be the guy um he's a pretty good we'll do a breakdown on his game later i don't think there's enough film yet there's a lot of good highlights of him running the ball and throwing it and he does some good things here and there but we'll uh We'll talk about that another time later this season, probably. And then you got Christian Hammond, like you said, Cody, Julian Hammond's uh, younger brother. Also, just like Julian Hammond, the number one basketball player in the country or not in the country. Sorry, in the state. (laughs) My bad. Number one basketball player in the state. He is a stud as well at 6'3 right now. By the way, both of these quarterbacks are juniors. So class of 23 quarterbacks. And so Christian Hammond last year he actually played cornerback um and was a pretty good cornerback you know uh this whole offseason actually i believe he actually trained with a uh, cory or a uh, coach askew uh cody you and i know him pretty well here and so they got in some work together um this offseason at least that's what it looked like from looking at his feet and you know at 6-3 being a tough corner with good ball skills you know he did get significant snaps last year at corner you know obviously you have al ashford and miles purchase well he was that third guy that was in there and so kind of going into this season i saw Marte as the starter 
And then I saw Christian Hammond, you know, probably more of an emergency quarterback type of deal. But most likely, I thought he was going to be the number one corner for Creek, actually, because, I mean, you really can't go wrong with a 6'3 corner with smooth hips and all that and good ball skills and all that stuff. Like, he would have been an excellent corner. And I think he still will be, you know, but... Basically, what happened, Christian Hammond, he got the start last week against Doherty. I don't even think Marte got in. Uh, from what I heard from uh, from my sources, I guess, is that Marte, uh, he kind of tweaked his ankle. And so they, uh, they didn't play him in that Doherty game. But last week as well, I definitely heard, you know, that there was a quarterback battle between Marte Russell and Christian Hammond. And so that wasn't like the starter for the first game at least against Doherty wasn't announced until literally Friday morning um and so I don't know I I don't know about the injury or whatever I mean it makes sense though right to hold him out against Doherty at least that's what we talked about right Cody yeah there's no point in playing your talented quarterback against a team like Doherty that you know that you could win with basically anybody in the surrounding talent because it's Doherty so why risk it, you know? Yeah, you could have called worse. up your middle school quarterback and they would have done a good job as well. Well, uh, granted, the middle school quarterbacks are, yeah, more talented than some of the uh, other quarterbacks in the state. But anyways. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume and we'll see how this kind of develops uh, because also Cherry Creek hasn't posted their stats yet uh for their uh, game from last week and it is september 1st wednesday so i don't know that seems a little out of character i guess but i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that Marte is gonna be the guy moving forward since he primarily plays quarterback you know and then christian hammond he will probably be the starting corner for or one of the starting corners for cherry creek and will definitely be like uh you know probably a wildcat type of guy you know you throw him in there he could run the ball more for you so you don't have to put your quarterback in uh you know in danger so that's what i'm going off of right now cody what do you think about the quarterback situation at cherry creek well i think that there's worse problems to have looking at other teams in the state who don't even have one good quarterback uh but you know creek has two solid quarterbacks there christian obviously did a just fine job against Doherty here with their victory 42 to nothing. I know that, you know, they, they do like athleticism in their quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go, but I don't see, I mean, if you have a cornerback one that can be a shutdown guy and make plays on the defensive side of the ball, I think that you go to that. And if you have a quarterback that can run your offense, then you just, you know, you, you fill in the holes with the best players available and you don't let one of them sit on the bench. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'd be at. You do have the question of who's more dynamic if they have to take off and run and yada, yada, yada. It's it, it's not a bad problem to have, but definitely one that you want to figure out before you go down to Chandler, Arizona. And, you know, you don't really want to go back and forth on that game and try and play, you know, figure out who, who our guy is going to be for the rest of the year. Yeah, and 
you know, maybe they already have the quarterback. Maybe Marte is obviously that guy. I know Cherry Creek, they're, they're they, I mean, they're, they don't seem like the type of program to, you know, let um, media leaks and all that happen a ton, you know. So there you go. Uh, so I, I think maybe Marte is has already been named the guy within because honestly, Cody, this is a team like we said, they're only returning three starters from offense and defense uh, from last year, you know, uh, one of them being George Fitzpatrick. And I, I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing. You know, he's going to play right tackle. He's a beast. He's going to be a beast at Ohio State, you know, and that's great. But as far as scoring goes, which is really important, because at this point, Cody, you, are, you already know, you know, pretty much. Every good 5A team has at least one D1 caliber lineman, if not two or three, you know. So uh, that's just where Colorado is right now. And so it's not that he's not as important. It's just every contender here just has a George Fitzpatrick type. George probably being the best out of the bunch, though, you know. And so going into the season, you need to have a like solidified leader. You know, you can't be going back and forth, I don't think, uh, because at this point, I don't think there are many teams that could beat Cherry Creek. I think if it really comes down to it, it will probably be Cherry Creek making too many mistakes because they don't have that experience. Um, there's not a lot of players here that got like significant full time snaps um, at all. So I don't know. You, I, I think and you make it easier on the quarterbacks, too, right? Like instead of flip flop flopping them you let them kind of build that momentum and so that you have that going into the season you know and going and into chemistry the chemistry with the receivers yes. and just establishing that rhythm and getting into flow yeah you don't want to spend too much time on this quarterback thing is is the gist of it yeah i think i think it's obvious here i think Marte's the guy you know um the, the i think there was only one other quarterback battle really that we talked about and it was really just me talking about it about falcon with uh cameron robinette and carter thorpe over there and i said it was pretty obvious to you know start cam you know he's the guy that's been playing quarterback Marte, he's the guy who's been playing quarterback and i get you want to get better but let's make it easy you know four p uh, would that be the first time ever if they four peated uh it would not be or maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it'd be the first four P like period. You know what I mean? Okay. So plus interesting. Would it be a four P? Yeah, it would no. be. No, no, no. What? Because they lost in 2018. So 19. Oh, 20, just kidding. 21. Sorry. My bad. It feels like they already three peated, but <laughs> they two peated. My bad with um that squad from last year. And then you have this team this year. So they would three-peat. And then, I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They should have just played the the fall and the spring season and called it a three-peat. <laughs> they would have done that if uh, even if they didn't play their seniors low-key. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. But, but anyways, yeah. what? So, okay, we're talking championship now, right? Mm-hmm. Who do we like more between Creek and and valor here simon i feel like the the answer has been pretty obvious when we've been hinting at it we've talked about our doubts we've talked about the pros of both these teams but who do you think is going to be crowned the fall 21 5a champions in in colorado 5a cherry creek and i don't think it'll be 
Well, okay, I think it'll be close because of the faults that we talked about with each team, Cherry Creek having the inexperience, rather not having a passing game. Um, but at the end of the day, though, you know, you have players, obviously pl they play, but you also have coaches. I believe in this Cherry Creek coaching staff. I feel like they're stacked everywhere. Not only is Dave Logan probably the best coach in Colorado right now, and probably, you know, one of the best coaches in Colorado football history, period. But you look at his coaching staff, you look at some of the guys he brought on with Jarvis Moss, you know, obviously, Cody, that's a NFL defensive lineman coming in to coach up your defensive line. They already had a great defensive line before. You know, you look at guys like Arden Walker, Malik, Gus, right? But then you go into this season, you know, you look at what they have to work with. I love that hire. I think that's going to be perfect. And then, you know, obviously you have uh, Coach Beth as well uh, with those freshmen. She's going to be working with them. And I, I think she's been on the staff previously before already. I might be wrong. It's just now that there's a uh, um, word getting out about it. But I could be wrong about that. But either way, I like Cherry Creek's coaching staff a lot. Valor's coaching staff. I mean, last year it was a pandemic year. So you could really argue like, oh, well. You know, it's the Valor Christian name. A lot of teams are intimidated by Valor, so they automatically play down. That's a psychological thing, right? Uh, even though they might not have been that good of a team or that great coached of a team. Um, also, yeah. And then speaking of problems with the coaching staff, this isn't this isn't completely like related to the football coaches. But it's related to the school. And I get it, Valor Christian, they're a private school, obviously a Christian school and whatnot. But they definitely unrightfully fired their volleyball coach. Right, Cody? Yeah, it, so... It was their volleyball. Here, you go ahead. You explain it. I think you might be a lot more familiar with this story. I know it, but I think you might know the details better. Yeah, so basically, Valor Christian, if you've heard about it in the news lately... We are bringing this up because we must frown upon this. It is our job in the media to make sure that we we speak the story for, you know, those who don't really get a chance to speak their story and not allow ignorance to reign supreme through through our schools, regardless of whether they're private or public. And so what recently happened is the athletic director as well as the school pastor at valor christian high school asked the junior varsity slash assistant varsity volleyball coach to leave his job post or denounce being a part of the lgbtq plus community and being a gay man so that that's how valor's ran we don't approve of it because look like if you if you're qualified for the job you get the job and regardless of whether it's a private institution or not that's just ignorant um and so they it, it was just a very sticky situation they didn't want him to talk about it he ended up leaving the job because well he was uncomfortable with the environment obviously it's a hostile work environment where you can't be yourself and so you know, what does that say about how Valor overall is ran and how all their athletics are ran? And is that a comfortable situation for all athletes or all members of a school to be going to? I, I'm familiar with some 
some friends of mine have been, you know, members of the LGBTQ plus community in privatized Christian schools, and they say it's horrible. Uh, It's not a great experience to be a part of, and Valor, you know, just openly admitted to being a part of that bad culture going on in, you know, that kind of group of high schools. And so, you know, when you have an athletic director going into meetings like this, it kind of makes you question where their priorities are, you know, as their priorities actually, you know, letting their athletes be the best athletes that they possibly can and winning games, or is it more about an identity or a profile that Valor is trying to fit? So, and I, I'd say when something like this happens in, in the volleyball program, it's a fair question to raise about all their other programs and all their other hires. Wouldn't you agree, Simon, that, that maybe their priorities are at least questionable following something like this? Oh, yeah, their priorities are definitely questionable. And look, here's the thing. I, I understand that, you know, we have a lot of different viewers and listeners out there, you know, who may not be, let's just say, agree with uh, that lifestyle and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is that you're not looking these uh, athletic this athletic director straight up didn't look at how well of a coach they were how great they connected with their students um the records uh, the, the performance of their students the performance of that coach they went to a whole different level and um c- confronted that person about their personal beliefs and uh, basically wanted to fire them over their personal beliefs and that is not okay you know uh with football Okay, really, with any sport, you know, if you could play, if you could coach, I, t- to be honest with you, I don't care what your personal beliefs are. I respect them regardless, though, just throwing that out there. But it shouldn't matter. And uh, for your job to be on the line because of your personal beliefs, you know, and it's not fair. And so with that being said, when you are blinded by, I guess, you know, things like that, you know, and you have that scandal come up and then you look at the record of this coaching staff. Obviously, they've only lost one game, but that one game, they didn't do anything. You know, like really, you could look at the film. They didn't do anything. I, I think Gavin Sawchuk had one huge run, like a 40-yard run. Yeah, and then like Malik, a 50-yard run and didn't score on it. Yeah, and then but what happened was that Malik, I think, got a big-time strip sack where he just obliterated the quarterback, and then Cherry Creek got the ball back and drained like the life out of Valor in that game after that. And so that's kind of how that went down. And so you see that happening. There are definitely doubts just from that, you know. And then you add in this thing with the athletic director, you know, being picky and choosy for no good reason, to be honest with you. you the know, wrong and, reasons. Well, yeah, for obviously all the wrong reasons and, you know, letting go of uh, of of probably one of their better coaches, to be honest with you, because I know that volleyball program is solid over at Valor, I'm pretty sure, you know, and just being okay with it, you know, Um, all for their beliefs. And I get it. It's a private school. You know, you can make that argument. Well, you should have known it's a Christian private school. Well, hey, that's great. You know, but uh, there are. Hey, newsflash, there are plenty of non-Christian coaches and players that go to Christian private schools. That is a normal thing, and you should understand that as a person. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be real with you, you know. Because of those reasons, I don't know if Valor hired the right coaching staff. And I'm very open in saying that. I don't know if they hired the right coaching staff. I don't know if they have the right personnel in there because there are other things that I'm hearing as well about, you know, Valor maybe not, 
you know, looking at the right players either or starting the right players. You have a lot of players transferring in and out. You know, there's there's some questions to be had, not about this football team, but about the coaching staff and about the higher ups that need to be addressed. So first off, not only do we find, you know, what they did to that volleyball coach disgusting and stupid, but there's questions here to be had even before that to begin with. So there you go. And don't get it twisted. You know, we're not trying to slander or anything like that. This is from the sources that we heard multiple sources, not, not, I'm not just talking about the story, but CNN you know, transfers level sources as well as former students and yeah. you know, parents in the community. I live right next to Highlands Ranch. I'm very close to the community and I work in the community of Highlands Ranch. Yes. And it was not well received by by basically anybody. Yeah, exactly. And so with all of that being said, I think it's obvious that Cherry Creek is favored over Valor, you know. Um, their coaching staff is a lot better. That should, even if their team was not that talented, that is a pretty significant like edge to have over a Valor Christian. And he, we could go back to the football things of it too, you know. Uh, Cherry Creek could pass it, and they have shown that they could pass it with whoever at quarterback. Well, maybe not whoever, but two different guys at quarterback. They could do a quarterback by committee thing and still have a better passing game than Valor. That's how much better they are than Valor. You know, Valor, you know, they have a great running back in Gavin. Um, I know his little brother, Gabe, he's a pretty good uh, back too as well. You know, he, he'll be getting looks, power five looks as well. But at the end of the day, if it comes down to shutting down one person, I'm looking at Blake Purchase. He has offers from OU uh or sorry oh you no not oh you sorry not oh you see you iowa state usc he's a dog you know um not to mention his brother's a dog as well and so that's just genetics at that point low key you got christian hammond you know he's a great corner i, I don't doubt that he could probably go one-on-one with any of valor's wide receivers to be honest with you he's gonna go put in some work hank zelinka oh my god i just butchered that so bad Zelinskis, is that right, Hank? Zelinskis. Yes. Yes, Hank. It's just like Gus. <laughs> I know, but I couldn't say that right last year either, so I'm sorry about that. Um, he got snaps. He got more snaps than um probably a lot of these other players. Probably a little bit more than Blake, to be honest with you. And so he he's coming back. You know, he's a dog. I'm pretty sure he could handle whoever's up there at Valor. You know, and then uh, you have Christian Hammond as well. Uh, I think I already mentioned him. And, and then not even to mention Kyode, who first off, Loki might be faster than Chase Penry and is a little bit more explosive and has a lot more speed. Well, maybe not a lot more, but as a, you know, he has a good amount of speed, you know, and Valor, they're losing their starting corner who couldn't, you know. So at this point, I feel like it's obvious. Yeah, well, the way, I think the way to beat Valor on defense is over the top and Creek can do exactly that. You know, yeah. I mean, the the touchdown that Regis had was a deep pass down the right sideline. And, you know, if Regis is able to do that with uh, Xander Carroll and, you know, whoever was on the receiving end of that, I'm pretty sure Marte or Christian can do the same thing with Kai. I mean, yes, <laughs> Marte has a stronger arm than Xander Carroll. That's pretty obvious, I feel. So there you go. I mean here i, I don't want to slander valor too much cherry creek they're a good squad they're our pick to win state for a reason 
even though they are only returning three starters they have a lot of talent there it'd be surprising it, well it wouldn't be that super surprising but it'd be surprising if they didn't go deep you know uh in the playoffs if they lost in state or maybe just a game short i'd understand because this is a very young team uh out of all the key players we talked about uh coyote and and george fitzpatrick are the only seniors on that squad they're gonna return blake purchase they're gonna return one of their quarterbacks whether it's Marte or christian um christian being a starting corner as well they're gonna return hank and so they're gonna have talent plus this next group of uh, freshmen coming up is supposed to be really good at least that's what we've been hearing uh cody so you know if they lose one game short i'm not super concerned but this is definitely a game because of how young they are um sorry this is definitely a team because of how young they are they could be dangerous in the playoffs because they are a little bit more unpredictable unpredictable but still talented so there you go um as far as valor goes i'm just gonna throw this out there cody to be honest with you i look at a potential fairview and valor uh matchup and i might be taking fairview low-key in that game not just because we know beckham better uh, which we do, but you know, that's a passing offense. That's an offense that could expose Valor really quick. Um, maybe, maybe their defense stands up really well, you know, but say Fairview goes up by two touchdowns, 14 0. I mean, what are you gonna, you're gonna keep running it? Because Fairview's gonna keep scoring too. So I don't know. Cody, what do you think about that? I think that's fair. And I think that, you know, even a Thunder Ridge might be dangerous if Valor isn't careful. You know, like if if they can, if these teams can pass it down the sidelines and down the seams and make, you know, make Valor play less aggressive, you know, as far as blitzes go or, you know, sending some of their better guys, then they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle to to keep up with these teams. And you want Colin to drop back. If you get Colin to drop back 30 or Colton, I mean, to drop back 30 times. You have a pretty strong chance of winning that football game, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to add on here, Cody? Uh, Valor, I think they still have a chance at winning state. But they're going to have to do some things differently. I think they're going to have to rely on their experience. And low-key, it might come down to where they're just hoping that all right, a lot of these teams that we're playing are inexperienced. And so if it is Cherry Creek that they meet in the state championship, I think they kind of hope, like, all right, just give us one bad rookie mistake. And we got you. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll go ahead and uh, do our thing and make sure that we make an impact off of that one mistake. I think that's kind of what it has to come down to. Uh, for Valor to run the table. But I could still see it, though. They can still win state. Absolutely. Yeah. They're still the second best team in the state of Colorado, in my opinion. Yeah, and there's plenty of teams that are going to be off off of their experience and defense as well. So, and Sawchuck. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that might be it. That wraps up our 2021 Colorado football preview. We're going to come back to all of these predictions at the end of the season. <laughs> I'm sure there are probably going to be some the interesting Sterling takes. one already looks like it's going to bite me in the butt, so. Well, well, you know, when this episode comes out, maybe they uh, uh, win a close one against Eden. And maybe that you know, my excerpt fingers. right there comes back and bites me in the butt. But we'll see. So. <laughs> 
But anyways, for all of our previews, make sure to listen through our last few episodes. That's kind of been our MO as well as stay tuned for recaps on Tuesdays. Yes, on Tuesdays is when we're going to release our recaps of the week where Simon... Yeah, Simon, Mason, and I will be talking about some games that we went and saw in person, as well as scores and reactions from over the weekend. And we will be posting that, you know, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and whatnot. If you need help finding those, just find our link trees that you can find on social media when you look up Playmakers Corner on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or TikTok. But until next time... I've been your host, Cody Stoffer. I'm the other one, Coach V. And peace.